From around the world, this is the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. And now, Dakota Ring Theater presents the continuing adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, that scourge of the underworld, hunter of those who prey upon the innocent, that marvelous masked mystery man known only as the Red Panda. The Red Panda, mysterious crusader for justice, hides his true identity as one of the city's wealthiest men in his never-ending battle against crime and corruption. Only his fiance, Kit Baxter, who joins him in his quest in the guise of the flying squirrel, knows who wears the mask of the Red Panda. This episode, Murder in the Castle. Geez, it's really raining cats and dogs out there. It certainly is, Kit. I don't think we'll be taking that stroll around the gardens after all. A stroll around the gardens? Well, yes. You said you wanted to get a breath of air. <laughs> so you assumed I was winded from the dancing? Well, I... Uh... You can crack any code except for romantic banter, can't you? Well, I... Oh, come here already. Mm. Aha. <laughs> now I understand. Ah, oh, jeez. Cue the parade. What's wrong? Three more couples just drifted in from different parts of the castle looking for a place to neck. And they don't seem to be taking the hint. And that's because none of them want to admit to each other that they were looking for a place to, uh... Neck? As you say. Maybe the garden's not such a bad idea. It's not raining that hard. <laughs> sorry about the weather. Don't be sorry. Being in the ballroom beats the heck out of sitting in the car park. I'm glad. You're having a nice time? Sure. Of course, I still feel funny in a slinky dress instead of my old driver's duds. Say nothing of the sparkly things around my neck. Mm. And the city's hoi polloi still look at me like I have nine heads. But a girl can't be too choosy. Excellent. An evening off at the swanky Casa Loma. Dinner, dancing, and... Distraction. Excellent. Now. I knew it. What was that for? You're used to playing secret identity with girls. Do it with me again and we'll find out just whose jiu-jitsu is better. What are you suggesting? That we're working. And that you didn't tell me. We're not working. We're just casually keeping an eye on someone who happens to be here, too. Mm -hmm. And did you know this person was going to be here when you asked me out? No, I swear. It was just my overly elaborate and unnecessarily expensive way of looking for a quiet place to neck. I forgive you. But only because you finally said neck. Mm. Who's the bird? Jackson Boyer. The millionaire? That's not a trait that really makes him stand out tonight, but yes... Boyer has made no secret of the fact that he's amending his will in favor of a private charitable foundation. Mm, let me guess. The rest of the family isn't so thrilled. In a nutshell. But Boyer can't be more than 50. Kit, you've got to remember. Many a fine old family fortune has been completely wiped out in the last few years. Why, even the man that built this castle lost everything. Uh, didn't he lose most of it building a castle? Fair point. But many of the fabulously wealthy types you see here this evening don't have more than two nickels of actual wealth left to rub together. They use the fact that they will one day inherit from an intact estate to borrow money to finance this lavish lifestyle. So when they're cut out of the will, no more credit? It's worse than that. 
There are a dozen branches of the Boyer family that have almost certainly borrowed more already than they could have ever hoped to inherit. When the collateral for those loans is suddenly given to a private charity... The repo man comes a-calling. Exactly. The wealthy man living a desperate lie is as dangerous as a poor man in an alleyway. And here I was afraid the evening might be dull. Boyer is here with his lawyer and a woman I don't recognize. One of the other couples in this room is Evelyn Boyer and the gad-about parasite she's been seen with for the last year. And I'd be very much surprised if there weren't at least six or seven other apples from the family tree on the dance floor a minute ago. <laughs> this evening gets better and better. Good thing there's a squirrel suit hidden in the lining of my coat. What? Oh, slinky dresses don't leave much room to hide super outfits. Don't tell me you hadn't noticed. Get Baxter. Behave yourself. Well, till after dinner anyway. Jackson, I've been your lawyer for more years than either of us care to remember, but this extravagance... Martin, please. We're having a lovely evening. Must you nickel and dime us to death? More champagne, Miss Travis? Oh, my, no, Mr. Boyer. I'm afraid I'm unaccustomed to champagne. Oh, that is a terrible crime, and one that we shall rectify this very night. I'm very much afraid it would make me a bit... Silly. <laughs> now that I would like to see. I would hate to behave in any way that might reflect badly upon the foundation, sir. If you will forgive me, I will just sit from what I have for the moment until our business is concluded. On the subject of business. Oh, Martin, don't be such a pill. Of course, my dear, your wishes shall be respected in this, as in all things. We will sign on the dotted line, disinheriting who knows how many other diners and dancers in the process. Ah, uh, yes, and about that. And then you and I shall top up our glasses and drink a toast to philanthropy. What say you? Well, I suppose that's only fair. Excellent. Where is that waiter? Oh, I say, it isn't... Oh, but it is. Good evening, dear boy. I haven't seen you in an age. Hello, Jackson. Good to see you. Yes, it has been a while. It has indeed. I haven't seen hide nor hair of you since the news broke. You've been quite the cause celeb in all the society pages. <clears throat> and is this... Kit, this is Jackson Boyer. Jackson, my fiance, Miss Baxter. Hi. So this is the face that dashed the hopes of a thousand eligible young ladies? Dear boy, I can't imagine you could have chosen more wisely. Well, thanks, Mr. Boyer. Please, dear child, call me Jackson. If I may offer you a small piece of advice from a perfect stranger... Since you put it that way. You are shortly to become more wealthy than any other woman in this room, and most of the men. Whatever you do, don't become one of them. Rich people are, by their very nature, ridiculous weaklings. I say, don't be too hard on us, old man. Present company accepted, of course. Of course. But chronic uselessness is a disorder that few born into money can ever escape. There's more than a few here that are about to learn that lesson. Are you sure that is a lesson you're quite qualified to teach, Jackson? Dear boy, you do remember my trusty lawyer and all-around wet blanket, Martin Spry? Of course, Mr. Spry. Very glad to see you again, sir. And this is Miss Trevis from the Foundation, which is about to become the beneficiary of my estate. Miss Trevis. I heard it's some sort of private charity, is that right? Oh, yes, it's... Yes, about that. Oh, Martin, not now. Can't you see we're having a lovely time? You mean you are having a lovely time, tormenting your extended family with this gesture. Extended family? flock of parasites, you mean. I say, Jackson. No disrespect, my friend, but I can't begin to tell you how fortunate you are to be the only child of an only child of an only child. 
My dear relations have done their very best to bleed me dry. Blood from a stone. And borrowing like the prodigals they are against my estate. An estate they will never inherit. Providence having granted me no child of my own, I will see the boy or fortune do some good at last, rather than this indolence. Indolence? Like the expense of inviting a dozen relations to Casaloma to witness this auspicious gesture. And at your expense... That's enough, Spry. It certainly is. I shall fulfill my obligations as your attorney. But I have no stomach for the rest of this farce. When you're ready to sign the papers, I shall be at the bar. Good evening, sir. Ladies? Mr. Spry? Well, what does one do when one's confidential employees stamp their feet so publicly? It's entirely up to you, Jackson. But there was only ever one person working for me who had the nerve to tell me when I was being a fool. And what did you do? He's marrying her. Nice to meet you both. You've got a faraway look in your eye. Hmm? Just performing a few quick calculations. Mm-hmm. You counting Boyer's relations? I really am. There's more than a dozen scattered around the room, all of them glaring daggers in his direction. Why would he pull such a stunt? Well, pay attention to your dinner while you're at it. You could eat your napkin and not even notice. Sorry. I've just got a feeling about this. Got a feeling about, uh, anything else? Have I mentioned that you look beautiful? Not in six or seven minutes. Shocking. How can I make up for my negligence? I'll come up with a list and get back to you. Mm. The lawyer, Spry, didn't seem too pleased with the setup either, did he? No. I can see him not wanting to be associated with this sort of display. Could make it difficult for him with other wealthy clients. It's just the sort of bad taste that tends to stick to the wrong people. Yeah, the reaction was a little extreme, don't you think? Are you sure you don't mind this? What? Talking shop? <laughs> it's not like we're accountants or anything. Mm, granted. I'm just saying, it's a fun job, and it's kind of what we do. So let's not be awkward just because I'm playing footsie with you under the table while we do it. Was that what that was? What about this Miss Trevis from the Foundation? Private charities seem a little funny, don't they? Depends, I suppose. We're not in much of a position to check up on them at the moment. But as long as we're in a public, well-lit space... Oh, dear! You had to say it. Ladies and gentlemen, please do not be alarmed. It would appear that the storm has knocked out the power to the castle. Let us call this a case of Mother Nature granting us some more romantic atmosphere. I am certain that the situation will be resolved quickly. But in the meantime, the candles on your tables cast a most appealing glow. And the lamps on the chandelier in the Grand Hall will allow this evening's dancing to continue as planned. We are so pleased that you are all here to ride out the storm with us, safe and warm. He's very good. He really is. You buying any of this? Not a word. You keep an eye on things in here. I'm going to slip off to the cloakroom and suit up, just in case. It's a good plan. Go. Oh, jeez. What is it? Why didn't I think of that an hour ago? What? The cloakroom. Now there's a nice quiet spot. Kit Baxter. I'm going, I'm going. Excuse me, uh, might I have a word? Uh, but of course, sir. How may I help you? I just noticed something out of the corner of my eye. Could you step through into the solarium a moment? Sir, I really should. It won't take but a moment. Of course, sir. I just wanted to confirm something. Yes. 
difficult to see through the storm, but you can see the houses to the north still seem to have power. Sir, I don't see how this... And if you just look down the hill to the south, you can see that the electricity seems to be unaffected down there as well. Yes, I... Yes, I see. Now, it's possible that the storm has knocked out the power to Casa Loma and no other building in the area... But given the amount of money and influence enjoying their meals quietly by candlelight just now... I take your point, sir. I will telephone for the police. Now that is odd. The telephones are out as well. How did you... Just a hunch. Quickly and quietly as you can, get to your staff and put men on every door. Every ground-level window's easily opened. Make sure no one gets in or out. Yes, I will. Um, let's try not to panic the other guests. Of course, I... Great Scott! Come on! Jackson! Jackson, are you... Here I am, old boy. What's the fuss? I heard gunshots and... And naturally you assumed one of my relatives had done me in. How sweet. But I, uh... That came from the bar. Excuse me. Excuse me. All right, everybody, keep calm. If you have to have gunplay at dinner, at least make sure there are masked heroes on the menu. If you'll all clear a path and take your seats, come on, folks. Make room for the flying squirrel. Come on, buddy. Don't make me sick the boss on you. I beg your pardon. I was just a little concerned. I'll bet. But I'm sure the red panda will be here any minute. I'm sure. Excuse me. This is terrible. Miss Squirrel, you must help us. The power and the telephones are out, the storm outside is getting worse, and I'm sure those were gunshots just now. You ain't just whistling Dixie, bub. And what's more to the point, Martin Spry has been murdered. You are listening to the Red Panda Adventures from Dakota Ring Theater. Your address for adventure... Mystery and comedy. I've had enough of this. Why don't you make her talk? Lady, I won't tell you again. Don't call me lady. It's Evelyn Boyer. Miss Boyer to you. And why don't you make that little minx confess before she kills someone else? I don't know what you're talking about. Please, you have to believe me. Calm down, Miss Travis. Isn't it obvious what she's done? Uncle Jackson's lawyer must have learned something about her and her foundation. I saw how upset he was earlier. Spry must have known a good reason why Uncle Jackson couldn't trust her with his money, and she's killed him before he could... Mr. Spry was killed before the papers were signed. The will can't be changed without an attorney present. Whoever killed Mr. Spry prevented the change of Mr. Boyer's will. At least for tonight. What are you accusing me of? Uh... I said nothing of the kind. I merely said... You can't publicly accuse me of murder. I'll sue you and your foundation for every penny it's got. All right. Please, you can't do that. The foundation... Nuts to your foundation. Pipe down a minute. I say. I'm not really the gather the suspects in the library type. I'm the break their kneecaps and sort them out later kind. So stop getting on my nerves, the both of you. Miss Boyer. Why don't you take a seat over there with your gigolo? How dare you? Princess, you have no idea what I dare, and if you don't want to find out in a hurry, you'll take a seat and get out of my hair. Thank you for that. Don't thank me just yet, kitten. 
You gotta admit the whole thing smells. You don't think that I could possibly... I think that anyone could possibly. Convince me that I'm wrong. Miss Squirrel, I don't know what to say. You could start by persuading me that this foundation of yours is on the level. This whole private charity angle seems a little snaky from where I sit. But I assure you, Mr. Boyer approached us about changing his will. I never met him until a week ago. And, uh, there's been no monkey business since? Monkey... No, indeed. Somebody was going to have to ask, Pumpkin. Please, I I only agreed to come here tonight because Mr. Boyer insisted. I had no idea he'd be making a public spectacle of the event in front of his family. I was only doing my job, trying to help the Muldoon Foundation continue its important work. The Muldoon Foundation? Yes. We work to help young women for whom these difficult times have made things very hard. We... The foundation Clarence Muldoon set up when his daughter Cynthia was rescued? Yeah, yes, of course. I'd forgotten you were involved in that. Oh, Miss Squirrel, you have to know how important our work is and that I would never, never do anything to compromise it. Take a seat, sweet pea, and relax a little. You sold me. But don't go anywhere. Yes, of course. Thank you. Everything all right here? Oh, just peachy. Except for the corpse and the room full of angry snobs sitting in the dark. Where the heck have you been? My suit was in the car. I couldn't just put the mask on with a tuxedo. Oh, gosh. And the maitre d' was a little too efficient, getting his men to cover the doors and windows. I had a devil of a time getting out, and a worse time getting back in. Well, at least we know all of the Goonie birds are still inside. Swell. Come now, it can't be that bad. All things considered, it seems fairly quiet. You had to say it. Someone, a doctor, anyone, come quickly. Jackson Boyer has just been shot. Step aside, please. Everyone calm down. Excuse me. Oh, Red Panda. Thank heavens the two of you got here so quickly. My, how many corpses do you get when we're not here? Is Boyer alive? No. No, there was blood everywhere. It was terrible. Where is he? This way. Ladies and gentlemen... Ladies and gentlemen, please! Squirrel! Hey! Show up already! Boss? Ladies and gentlemen, for your own safety and that of others, please remain in your seats. The police will be here shortly. All exits are guarded. These tragic events seem to be part of a private feud. No one else is in any danger if you remain calm. That worked amazingly well. Well, a little hypnosis helps. Cheater. Darn right. Where is Boyer's body? Right this way. It's right... It's right over... Oh, brother. I don't understand. He was right here. Squirrel, use your torch. He must still be alive. What do you think? He crawled off somewhere? It's the only explanation. But it can't be. It can't be. Sir, I need you to calm down. You don't understand. I saw him. There was too much blood. Boss, Boyer's not here. Not here? Not anywhere. It's impossible. Easy, Sparky. Impossible is kind of what we do. Exactly what happened? Did you see the gunman? No. No, I was watching the commotion around Spry's body. Like everyone else, I heard the shots and I ran back here. I saw... I saw Jackson Boyer, plain as day, sitting here in his chair. His chest was soaked in blood. Well, he's not there now. And nobody could have gotten a corpse past the guards at the doors. Oh, my goodness. What now? Come on! 
Gone! He's gone! I, I, I went into the bar to cover him with a tablecloth. It seemed the decent thing to do, and he... he was gone! Boss, this is nuts. Martin Spry's body is gone, too. I, I don't understand any of this. I think I'm beginning to. Look here. What you doing? This panel in the wall is slightly ajar. I suspect... <sighs> Holy moly, a hidden passage. And a trail of blood. You keep the crowd calm and wait for the police. We'll take care of our killer. Come on, squirrel. I don't get it, boss. What is this castle, maybe 20 years old? Why would there be a secret passage? This castle was built by a very wealthy man with a lot of time on his hands. Said the man with a lair full of giant pneumatic tubes? My point exactly. This place is probably riddled with hidden passageways. But how did the killer know about them? He might have worked in the castle as a servant, or since the sale of the building, or... Wait. Can it be? Boss, up ahead! What is it? Hang on. I can't see. It's Spry's body. So it is. Why drag a body? A body that everybody's already seen. Drag it into a secret passage and just leave it here. He's even still got his watch and wallet. I I don't follow any of this. I think I'm beginning to, but we'll have to hurry or it'll be academic at best. Come on! Where are we going? Most of these passages must extend to different parts of the castle itself. But down the street to the north are the castle stables. Stables? That building that looks like another castle is... The castle for the horses. Rich boys with time on their hands. I had to ask. So we're looking for a long tunnel that runs north. Yes. I must have left my pocket compass back in my slinky dress. This way. Boss, I hear something up ahead. In the darkness. Not running fast, but breathing hard. Yes. He'd be exhausted after dragging Spry's body that far. To say nothing of sprinting from one side of the building to the other through who knows how many tunnels. Wait, are you saying what I think you're saying? Hold it right there, Jackson Boyer. Boyer? Alive? Stay back! I have a gun! We know. It's the gun you killed Spry with, isn't it, Boyer? Yes. Yes, and I'll kill you too if you don't stay back. Careful, Squirrel. He's like a wounded dog now. There's no telling what he'll do. But how did he know about the tunnels running through Casaloma? It only makes sense. Only a rich man in need of a hobby would build a palace like this. But what fun is a toy castle? If you don't show off all its bells and whistles. And who else to show but other rich boys? You're both very clever. It won't save you. Get back! That's two shots. Plus one into spry and one into the air when you faked your own death. Only two bullets left, laughing boy. Better shots than you have fired a lot more than that and never hit one of us, much less both. Please. I'm... I'm a very wealthy man. I'll make it worth your while. You must need money. Everybody loves money. We can make a deal. We don't work like that, boyer. Justice is our reward. Justice? Bah! Justice for whom? For Martin Spry, for one. And for all those people you brought here to play suspect in your disappearing act. Stay back! I'm warning you! Oh, we're back to warning, are we? Just as well, because I don't think you've got two nickels left to rub together, much less bribe anybody with. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, don't I? The caper's not that original, though the castle was a nice touch, and the thunderstorm was just lucky. You were going to fake your own death in spectacular fashion and set up all your ungrateful relations as suspects in the process. You strung along that lady from the Muldoon Foundation to play your patsy. They do good work. Real work, Boyer. Did you even care if they took the blame? Not my problem. It's your problem now, pal. (gasps) 
Are you all right? Fine. Not much space to dodge in here is all. What went wrong, Boyer? Your lawyer, Spry, knew that your posture of wealth was false, that you were nearly as bankrupt as the hangers-on you derided. Did he suspect that you were about to try and abscond with what little you had left ahead of your creditors? I... I don't know. I couldn't take the chance. So you took advantage of the blackout, slipped through the passage, and killed Spry. In the confusion that followed, you went through with your original plan, but then you realized that it ruined your vanishing body caper if one corpse was left behind. So you came back for Spry and dragged him into the tunnels. Yes. Yes, now you know everything. I couldn't face it. The shame of it. I couldn't face the loss of everything I was supposed to be. And the wealthy man living a desperate lie is as dangerous as a poor man in an alleyway. Nice. And quite true. But I'll never face it now. I often said that rich people are, by their very nature, ridiculous weaklings. Perhaps that's not true after all. There's still one bullet left. No! Oh, boss. It's awful. What do we do? We drag the whole ugly mess into the public eye, Squirrel. If one single person learns that secrecy and desperation only breeds secrecy and desperation, and that above all else, crime never pays, then perhaps Jackson Boyer will not have died in vain after all. And so concludes another adventure of The Red Panda! This recording and the story, characters, and situations contained therein are the exclusive property of their creator and copyright holder, Greg Taylor, and are produced and distributed by Decoder Ring Theater through arrangement with him. These recordings may not be rebroadcast or redistributed by any means for any reason without express permission. Until next time, when Decoder Ring Theater brings you the further thrilling adventures of Canada's greatest superhero, this is Stephen Burley reminding you DecoderRingTheater.com is your address to adventure! The Red Panda Adventures, episode 39, Murder in the Castle, was written and directed by Greg Taylor with original music by Andrea Lyons and featured the vocal talents of Stephen Burley, Peter Nichol, Kevin Robinson, Shelley Hogaveen, Monica Cote, Clarissa Denetterlanden, and Greg Taylor. Until next time, for all of us here, good night.